0: Amen. God is great, isn't he? Um, I want to bring three blurbs to you. I'd call them announcements, but I feel like today they're blurbs, so three blurbs. Uh, the first is um, if you like follow us on social media or anything like that, you would have seen us uh, share that we were hosting a citywide chapel event um, this past Friday. So here at our church, we had 113 teenagers all downstairs, (laughs) uh, and then their leaders. So we had about 130 people Friday night, um, and it was good. And so it takes not just me, but, like, you guys are a part of that because people like Jason had to come and then reset up the stage, and Paul and Bryce came and helped with sound, and our janitorial team were here the Saturday after, and helping a little extra with that, Um, but you, so many of you, uh, shared on Facebook, or I know you were praying for us, um, and and you give faithfully to this church, and so you are an extension of that ministry. You are an extension of the outreach into the community for those 113 teenagers uh, who got to worship God with friends from across the city. And just again, hear how much Jesus loves them. And I'm excited. Like, I really am excited. And so I wanted you to know so you can also be excited. That's blurb number one. The second is, uh, like Jason mentioned, today's Palm Sunday, which means we're heading into Easter. Uh, and if you've been in PG or a part of this church for any time at all, uh, you would be like, hey, are we having like a citywide Good Friday service? No, <laughs> we're not. But we are doing something different. So if you know where the university is, if you've ever driven University Hill, you've seen that big, beautiful, wooden gazebo. So Good Friday, we're going to meet there at that beautiful, big, wooden gazebo on the side of the hill overlooking the city uh, for a time of communion. And we invite you to just come on out. Uh, we want to remember both Christ death and resurrection. And then again, we'll be here on Sunday celebrating Easter with you. Three o'clock. thought I said three o'clock. It's in my notes. Three o'clock on Friday, <laughs> not in the morning. Um, and finally, third blurb, promised you only three. Uh, we want to just call up our kids. If you are four all the way to grade five, um, as well as our kids ministry director, Miranda, and we just want to bless them before we release them downstairs. And she wants to just uh, show you some of the stuff they've been doing. Okay. <coughs> Hello. So I need all
1: the kids up front that's gonna come downstairs. Thank you. Hello. All right. Anastasia. Elizabeth. All right, so these are your kids that go downstairs that I am blessed with every Sunday. Um, And we just wanted to share that we downstairs do a memory verse challenge. Now, every week I give the kids a memory verse, and if they can come back the next week and say it by memory, they get a star towards a beautiful gift. And one challenge that I'm also... um, doing with that um, memory verse challenge is that if they can say it in front of the congregation they get two stars. So I do have a volunteer. Carter would you like to say our verse? Colossians 3.1. Everything put on love which is the perfect bond of unity. Awesome. Good job. So that's Something for all the kids to know. If you can say in front of the congregation, you get two stars. Awesome. Okay. So we're heading down now. Okay.
0: All right. So your parents can sign you in and then sign you back out after the service. And for the rest of us who aren't signing someone in, uh, we're actually going to shake it up and do a quick time of, like, greeting and fellowship. Oh, you're about to get uncomfortable. Stand, move, uh, say hello to one another. In the name of the Lord, amen.
2: Yeah, please everybody be seated. Oh, wow. The throne, God's throne. Try to imagine that for a moment, how, how, how wonderful that's going to be, how glorious that will be. I'm looking forward to that day. And thank you so much, Jason, for, uh, and the team for leading us in, in worship today. Boy, I was, that, was, that was great. was great. And, you know, it is Palm Sunday today, and look at these beautiful flowers up here. Aren't they nice? They're hydrangeas, I think. And, and that there is a palm branch. I was going to rip one out and wave it around, but my wife would have taken my arm off, I think, if I would have done that. Don't you think so? But they're beautiful, and they're, and they're alive, and, and uh, so Carrie so beautifully uh, made those flowers up for us today. And... And uh, so that we can have that kind of ambiance here. And, uh, and it is a beautiful Palm Sunday. And you know, folks, I actually wanted to speak to you this morning on Palm Sunday, you know, because it's, there's, there's something joyous that takes place on Palm Sunday, right? In your spirit, your Jesus, you know, coming into Jerusalem. It's glorious and it's, and it's wonderful. And I, and I thought kind of it, it played with the theme that uh, you're going to have a brand new pastor and, you know, you know, just that celebration. And, and, um, and Pastor Scott will be uh, telling his church this morning. And our hearts go out to them because they're going to be looking for a pastor just like we were. And we have now found a pastor and we're excited about that. We still don't know exactly when they'll be coming, but we hope... Uh, Early June, hopefully the first Sunday in June. And uh, so we anticipate their coming. But anyway, so here I am on this theme, you know, wanting to uh, just to, to wrap our arms around each other and celebrate the goodness of God, waving palm branches and everything. Like Zechariah 9 said, 9:9, Rejoice, O people of Zion, shout in triumph oh people of jerusalem look your king is coming to you he is righteous and victorious yet he is humble riding on a donkey riding on a donkey's coat, coat. and the people were celebrating right they were saying hosanna hosanna in the highest i think most of you know what that means hosanna save us now was their cry save us now oh god in heaven save us now well all of that is ringing through my my whole being in the last couple weeks and and you know i really wanted to speak on this but but i couldn't i was led uh, i was led to the day after palm sunday you know too bad that i kept reading right i just kept reading and 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 i got led to speaking to you on on what i've called it's probably never been called this before but i call it a fig monday okay so you got Palm Sunday and Fig Monday. Okay, so so thanks for catching on so quickly. And, and thanks for making that yours instead of just my ridiculous play on words, okay? So well, listen, listen to what happened right after Jesus rode into Jerusalem on the donkey on Palm Sunday. Okay, this is right after the people celebrated him coming as their king, Mark eleven verse 11 and you can go there in your bibles with me mark 11:11 11, 11. so jesus came to jerusalem and went into the temple after looking around carefully at everything he left because it was late in the afternoon then he returned to bethany with the 12 disciples now we're going to keep on reading this was this was palm sunday Okay, now we come to the close of Palm Sunday, Jesus goes off to Bethany, and the next morning, verse 12 of chapter 11, Mark 11, the next morning, as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. He noticed the fig tree in full leaf a little way off, so he went over to see if he could find any figs, but there were only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. Then Jesus said to the tree, may you... May no one ever eat your fruit again. And the disciples heard him say it. When they arrived back in Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the people, buying and selling animals for sacrifices. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves, and he stopped everyone from using the temple as a marketplace. He said to them, The scriptures declare, My temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations. But you have turned it into a den of thieves. When the leading priests and leaders of the religious law, teachers of the religious law, heard what Jesus had done, they began planning how to kill him. But they were afraid of him because the people were so amazed at his teaching. That evening, Jesus and the disciples left the city. The next morning, okay, so now we got Tuesday. As they passed by the fig tree, he had cursed. The disciples noticed it had withered from the roots up. Peter remembered what Jesus had said to the tree on the previous day and exclaimed, look, Rabbi, the fig tree you cursed has withered and died. Then Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it'll happen, but you must really believe it. Believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it'll be yours. But when you are praying, first forgive everyone you're holding a grudge against, so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. I'd summarize this whole account. I'd summarize this whole story by saying it's about a tree, it's about a temple. It's about me. So that's what I've called uh, my message today. A tree, a temple, and me. You see, I believe that these verses speak about fruitlessness. Fruitlessness. Fruitlessness like the fig tree. Fruitlessness like the temple. And it begs a question. Am I like that? Is is that a picture of me? Is that me? Well, what Jesus said about the fig tree is a bit of a tough one to understand. If you were reading along with me, and maybe that's the first time you've read that passage, you thought Jesus went for fruit, but it wasn't the season for fruit. So why would he get upset if, if it's not the season for fruit, and he, and he went for fruit? Well, we need to see the big picture and we also need to understand a few things about fig trees, right? And so that's where we're going today for a little bit. Okay. So what happened the day before Jesus rode into Jerusalem? Okay. It's Palm Sunday. He came as King. And while he was in Jerusalem, he went straight to the temple, looked around and left, right? Right. That's what he did. He saw everything that was going on in the temple. He saw the cheating, he saw the lying, the stealing, the extortion. He saw everything that was going on in the temple. And then he went to Bethany for the night. And Bethany, Bethany was about three kilometers away from, uh, from Jerusalem. So it's the next day. It's Monday. And Jesus was on his way back to the temple. Now, from all outward signs, it sounds and it looks like Jesus is in a bad mood. Right? Don't you kind of imagine him, you know, walking down the road at, at full speed and his disciples kind of lagging behind. And, and, and Jesus sees that fig tree and there are leaves on it. And he's thinking, I'm hungry. Maybe he was hangry. Was he? And maybe this fig tree added to his bad mood. Oh, figs. He might have thought, yeah, figs. But there was no figs. It wasn't the season for figs. Isn't that what it says? It wasn't the season for figs. He says in anger, you useless tree. Maybe he kicked the trunk. I don't know. Verse 14, then Jesus said to the tree, may no one ever eat your fruit again. And the disciples heard him say it. And they thought, man, I'm staying away from that tree. Right? Is that the way it was? From all outward signs. Unless we see the whole picture and understand what what the fig tree and what happens with fig trees. That's what you'd think. I think most people would think that and have thought that. But from the rest of Jesus' perfect life, we know that he didn't do anything without a purpose in mind. Without a doubt, Jesus knew what he was about to be doing in the temple. He knew what he was going to be doing in the temple. He wasn't bad mood, people. That's not Christ-like, is it? No amens? He was rather, I believe, giving them some preliminary teaching. Maybe you didn't know this, but although it wasn't the season for figs, It's characteristic of fig trees that with the coming of the leaves come early figs. Come a little smaller figs, but they ripen with the the leaves. And they're nice and sweet and juicy. And Jesus was looking for these small, early, ripe figs. That's what he was looking for. He wasn't asking of the tree something that it couldn't deliver on. No. No. It was characteristic of fig trees to produce these early, sweet little early figs. And, and his disciples, they would have observed all of this, not realizing that what Jesus was giving them right then and there was an illustrated sermon. He was showing them some pretty deep and amazing things. And his disciples would understand that more clearly. A little later. You see, the, 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 the tree with its leaves spoke of a promise. A promise of figs, but there were none there. It's like there was a profession of figs. A profession of figs, but there was nothing there. The fig tree was good for nothing really except for firewood. In John chapter 15, Jesus gets more into the application of this illustrated sermon. In verse 5 and 6, John 15, 5 and 6. The words are up there on the screen. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. Man, that sounds so serious. And it is really serious. And we're going to talk about this in in a little bit. Uh, Carrie and I have a, have a little dog, and his name is Romeo, and um, uh, we, we take turns walking him, right? I, I walk him early in the morning, and Carrie walks him later on in the afternoon. And in, in my morning walks, in the last couple, couple weeks, I've been watching the trees. You know, just looking at the trees, looking for buds, looking for any sign of life. Any of you been doing that? You know, just kind of anticipating one of those beautiful cherry blossoms uh, finally going to gonna come out. You know, just, just looking for, for buds. And, you know, this morning when I was out again, I, I saw, oh, I, you know, just the Gladstone Park there, the Pussy Willows. And, and it, I, I went, oh, 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 this shows a lot of promise. Okay, we've, we've got spring coming. How many of you are looking forward to spring? I didn't think so. Okay, so spring is coming, right? And you know what, what, what's happened to me in the last couple of weeks, it's, it, it's brought me back to our farming days. Uh, when we were a young family, uh, Carrie and I, we, we rented a small farm. I was pastoring in Langley uh, at the time, this was, <laughs> this was over 40 years ago, but, but you know, some things you just, you just never forget, right, some lessons you just don't forget, and our farm, when we rented it, we were so excited because our farm had a whole section. It was 10 acres, right? And this had this whole section, fenced-in area, and uh, it had fruit trees in this area. And there were at least a dozen fruit trees, at least a dozen. We had pears, and pear trees, apple trees, and plum trees. I remember that. Three kinds of trees. I'm watching them, you know, studying the leaves and everything like that and thinking this is, this is great. We're going to have fruit on our farm. And uh, so after two years, there's still no fruit. Okay, I thought, okay, after the first year, maybe I thought global warming. Oh, no, we didn't have it back then, did we? I thought something else was happening, okay? Something else was going. And, and But the next summer, again, no fruit. And, and one day, Carrie's grandparents came to visit us, and they lived in the Okanagan, and Kerry's grandfather had, had been an orchardist all of his life. So I said, Grandpa, you've got to come over here. I took him to my uh, grove of, of, of beautiful fruit trees. They were looking so good there at the time. And, uh, uh, and he went, and I said, Grandpa, what, what's wrong with these trees? Why am I not seeing any fruit with these trees? And I, I remember him looking at them and going from one tree to the other. He looked at me without saying a word. He just went like this. <laughs> you know, and... Uh, uh, I, I, I went to the landlord, and I said, um, yeah, I think the trees are good for nothing. And he said, no, 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 they just need pruning. So he spent a bundle of money pruning these trees. He pruned them down to nothing, and, uh, and there was still no fruit. And I mean, I was thankful for those piles and piles of branches out in the out in the field because we got some tires and filled them up with gas and threw them up on the thing. And we had huge bonfires. We invited all of our youth over and we had wiener roasts and everything. I was happy for that. But I was not happy that we did not have any fruit. Still no fruit. Well, I asked myself, this week, is this like me? Looking very religious? Just look like you. A whole bunch of you looking really religious today, except for a few. I won't mention any names. But no fruit. Well, then Jesus arrives at the temple. And this is part two of the illustrated sermon. Verse 15 tells us this. He didn't waste any time. He drove those out who were selling and cheating, who stole it, it must have been bedlam. He, he chased them all out. Was he in a bad mood? No. No. Was he angry? For sure. Right, Glenn? For sure. He was angry. The Bible says in Ephesians 4.26, and don't sin by letting your anger control you. You know, that's actually a quote from Psalm 4.4. Psalm 4.4 finishes it. The thought, don't sin by letting anger control you. Think about it overnight and remain silent. Jesus had thoroughly thought through what he was going to do. He slept on it. He knew what he was going to do. His was a premeditated righteous anger. Well, let me describe the temple in Jesus' day. The temple uh, covered the whole top of Mount Zion. It was about 30 acres total, surrounded by huge, huge walls. We still have one of the walls standing today, uh, and it's called the Wailing Wall. Some of you might have even been there, okay? We've never had the the joy of being to Israel, one day maybe. But surrounded by huge walls, okay? Um, So it had this, first of all, first space was this outer space called the Court of the Gentiles. And anyone could go there. And at the inner edge of this court of the Gentiles, there was another low wall. It had stone tablets that were kind of stuck right, right inside it. And basically, the stone tablets read, if a Gentile passes through to the next court, the penalty was death. Like it was a pretty serious thing. Gentiles did not go into that area. Now we're getting into... Uh, more holy ground. And the next court was the court of women. It was called this because if women hadn't come to offer an actual sacrifice, they, they couldn't go any further than this. And next was the court of the Israelites or the court of Israel as it was also known. And here the congregation gathered on their special occasions, like for the feasts and stuff. And this is also where the offerings were handed to the priest. And then the next court was the court of the priests. And it was in the court of the priests that the actual temple stood, like the temple temple, the holy place, the holy of holies. But everything all together, the whole building, the whole structure on this 30 acres was known as the temple. Everything together was known as the temple. And the trading that Jesus would have seen was going on in the court of the Gentiles. This court had become totally secularized. It was supposed to be a place... Of preparation. It was supposed to be a place of, of prayer. Isaiah 56 tells us, uh, and this is a passage from the Old Testament, that, that the temple was to be a blessing for all the nations. Let me read it. I will bring them to my holy mountain of Jerusalem and will fill them with joy in my house of prayer. And the business going on in there made it impossible to pray. How could people prepare themselves to go any further into the temple with all this going on? If you do a study on this, you'll you'll see how badly the pilgrims, those who were on pilgrimages uh, coming to Jerusalem, how badly they were were, uh, being taken advantage of by especially the priests. There was a, a special temple currency that the priests had enforced as well. And you could only buy offerings, you could only buy animals for offerings uh, with this currency. And so that's why you got the money changers there. Everybody was skimming off the top, taking advantage of the people. Everybody. Also, verse 16 says, the New American Standard Version makes it a, a bit clearer as to what was really going on on here, and you probably have it in the in the New Living Translation up there. Let me read it from the New, uh, uh, the New International, New New American Standard Version. I was going to say Canadian, but you you can't say that. New uh, American Standard Version, okay? And he would not permit anyone to carry merchandise or household wares through the temple grounds using the temple area irreverently as a shortcut. The temple court was also being used as a kind of a shortcut. A shortcut from from one part of Jerusalem to another part of Jerusalem heading towards the Mount of Olives. And this is when Jesus said in verse 17, the scriptures declare, my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. House of prayer for all nations. That's not what it had become. Folks, it was fruitless. The temple was fruitless. And even as the fig tree withered because of fruitlessness, so also the temple would be completely destroyed. Fruitlessness. Like the tree, like the temple about me? Am I fruitful? Am I fruitless? That's what we need to ask ourselves today. Am I, am I fruitful? And people, please know that, that this is not about works. This is not about, about what you do. And if you've been thinking about all the things that you do and, and where you all go and running around here and there and everywhere, that that's, you're on the wrong track. Jesus went, back to Bethany after the, the temple incident. And the next day, they're on their way back to Jerusalem. We read it. And they passed the tree. And Peter, he says, look, Rabbi. I'm, I'm reading from the Amplified, amplified version here. It makes it clearer. Rabbi, look. The fig tree which you cursed has withered. Jesus replied, have faith in God constantly. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart in God's unlimited power, but believes that what he says. Is going to take place it will be done for him in accordance with God's will for this reason I am telling you whatever things you ask for in prayer in accordance with God's will believe with confident trust that you have received them and they will be given you whenever you stand praying if you have anything against anyone forgive him Drop the issue let it go so that your father who is in heaven will also forgive you your transgressions and wrongdoings against him and others. And then some earlier manuscripts, you might have this verse in your translation as well, include verse 26. But if you refuse to forgive your father in heaven will not forgive your sins. It's basically a repeat of of Jesus when he was teaching the, the disciples the Lord's prayer. He said the same words in Matthew 6, 15. Very clearly, Jesus is describing fruitlessness and fruitfulness. And I believe that fruitfulness is summed up in one word. I need you to catch this word today. This is the key word, word of the day, word of the week, word of your life, okay? Relationship, relationship. Fruitfulness is relationship, it's abiding in the vine, it's having faith in God, it's living in the light, it's talking to God, it's asking of God, now when I'm talking about talking to God, it's conversing with God, not relegating God to a certain time and space, like maybe church, it is is conversing with God, you know, some of you, some of you talk to yourselves all day long. Some of you sing to yourselves all day long, humming along, all day long. Like, oh, that's what I'm talking about. It's including God in your conversations. It's talking to God. It's, it's, in, it's, it's inviting him in. It's not just, okay, it's time for prayer on your knees, and now I lay me down to sleep, a bag of peanuts at my feet. You know, <laughs> it's, it's not that. And, and that, is, that, that is important, too. I mean, we come to those places where we say, yes, yes, we, we do pray. But if it becomes a religious thing, what's that? That's not relationship. Relationship is, what do you think of that? What do you think of that, Lord? Wait, that's kind of cool. Or uh, you, you run across um, a bear. that's about to maul you. Boy, that's an interesting design, Lord, you know, that you fixed it that way. Uh, get me out of this mess. <laughs> Help me! <laughs> you know, that, that kind of... That's including God in your relationship. Relationship. It's being forgiven. Recognizing that you've been forgiven. It's forgiving. It's not doing this. It's not doing that. It's not running around. It's being in relationship. It's being filled with the Holy Spirit and and being led by the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit being produced in our lives. Like Galatians 5.22 tells us, and Pastor Scott mentioned this last week, it's life with God. Life. Life and all. If there's a desire that Carrie and I have in our hearts, it's that you would have life as a church. Life bearing fruit, walking in relationship in fruitfulness. Uh, fruitfulness is being, you know, it's, it, it's just like discovering God's will isn't looking all over the place for a pathway. It's discovering a person discovering a person. I know that some of you are wondering sometimes, you know, how do people talk about, you know, I felt like God was leading me to do this. I felt like God was uh, asking me to say this. How does that happen? I never had those voices. Never have God saying, okay, you know, do that or say that to that person, help them out. How does that happen? I'll tell you how it happens. The more you include Jesus in your life and in your conversation, Get, you get so used to his voice. You get so used to talking to him. You get so used to those nudges that, without a shadow, but then, as you, as you get another nudge or as you get another word for you, uh, to go to some person, you know it's you know it's his voice. You just know it. You become so familiar with his voice, you know. And that there's no shortcut to that, people. That only comes out of a relationship with him, a relationship. By what authority, they asked Jesus, didn't they? By what authority are you doing this? Verse 28. And he didn't tell them. They wouldn't allow the answer anyway, right? But we need to ask ourselves, by what authority in whose name am I doing what I'm doing? And if it's not out of relationship, Then I'm nothing but a nice tree with pretty leaves but no fruit. I'm nothing but a temple with no God residing there. Jason, I'm going to ask you and the worship team to come on up. Prepare to lead us in a a song. In Romans 11, Paul is talking about Israel being cut off because of fruitlessness. And Christians being grafted into the vine. But we need to be careful. And, and this fact, the fact that we've been now grafted in, should cause us to tremble a little bit. And I'll tell you why. Listen to, the, listen to what Paul writes to the Romans, chapter 11, 19 to 22. Well, you may say, those branches were broken off to make room for me. Yes, but remember... Those branches were broken off because they didn't believe in Christ. And you are there because you do believe. So don't think highly of yourself, but fear what could happen. For if God did not spare the original branches, he won't spare you either. Notice how God is both kind and severe. He is severe toward those who disobeyed, but kind to you if you continue to trust in his kindness. But if you stop trusting... You also will be cut off. You see, folks, we've got to continue in his goodness. We've got to continue walking in his kindness, in relationship with him. Jesus did what he did because he was connected, connected to his father. But here's the good news. Here's here's the good news. And, And we need to, this is what you need to walk out of here with. The thing about the Lord is that he's so forgiving. When I mentioned John 15 earlier about branches being cut off, the vine, who is Jesus, and then thrown into this this fire, I want us to know that if if we're fruitless and if we're cut off, Jesus has a supernatural way of connecting us back. I want you to know that. That is truth. He has a supernatural way of connecting us all back. I mean, there there are scriptures that seem really harsh, like John 15 that we read a little bit of, and and Romans 11, and then there's Hebrews 6 and, and, and Hebrews 10, passages that, whoa, whoa. But please know the heart of God. Yes, there is eternity without God for those who die, having rejected him. But we need to take the full counsel of God's word. John the Apostle, he wrote in 1 John 1, 9. And he's writing to believers. And many of us have quoted this. And we've used this verse to introduce someone to faith in Jesus. But you know, when, Paul, when, when John wrote this, he was writing to the church, to the people in the church of Ephesus. He, he was writing to believers. And this is what he said. If we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just or kind, we could say, or loving. To forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. And that's why Jesus in our text told the disciples to walk in forgiveness. That's why it becomes, it's a, so much a part of my everyday prayer life to say, Lord, people are gonna slam me today or they're gonna talk behind my back or they're gonna cut me off in traffic or they're just gonna get, get in my way, misunderstand me, and there goes the whole list, right? but I forgive them in advance. In advance, I forgive them. I want to walk in forgiveness. Well, I, I encourage you folks to do that too. Make that part of your, of your prayer every day. Lord, I'm about to go out. I'm about to go out, you know. And um, I, uh, I, I read this prayer once of a man who said, you know, it something like this. He said, Lord, I haven't done a thing wrong today. Uh, and I just, uh, I'm just so glad that you're with me, and, and so far I'm doing really good, and, and, but I'm about to get out of bed now, Lord. <laughs> right? I think many of us can relate to that. Just remember, we walk in forgiveness. We are being forgiven. We forgive others. I want us to sing a song together. The king is among us, and then I'm going to come back and... And just wrap it up for you. song you just sang is uh, the king is among us I believe he is he's among us he's here he's here in power I don't know about you but I want to I want to recognize the king among us I believe that Prince George Pentecostal Church has got amazing years ahead of you but you also got amazing days Ahead of you. Days. I want to I wanna be like a Psalm 1 tree. How about you? A Psalm 1 tree. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join with the mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the river bank, bearing fruit each season. (laughs) Each season. Their leaves never wither. And they prosper in all they do. And I also want to be like a temple, a holy temple, a 1 Corinthians 3 temple that we read about weeks ago. Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple for God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Let's each one of us today ask ourselves, what about me? Am I a fruitful tree? Am I a a holy temple? Am I walking in the light? You can be. We all can be. And maybe some of you today, you've tuned in, you're watching online, and you've taken it all in, and you're having trouble in your own life. You're having trouble walking the walk with Jesus. Maybe some of you don't even know Jesus, and some of you in this room, maybe you don't know Jesus. You don't know what I'm talking about, a relationship I'll tell you, I've tasted the other. And some of you have as well, the other side. And there's nothing as fulfilling as a relationship with Jesus Christ, walking with him. Yeah, you'll blow it. And it isn't the easiest walk sometimes. But it's the most fulfilling. And it's the most glorious. And it's got the most rewards. And you have an eternal friend Walking with you all the way, helping you when you stumble, helping you steady yourself. That's our Jesus. And all you have to do is reach out to him. Say, I need you, Jesus. That's, I need you. That's what Ralph's talking about. I need that. All you have to do is say, I need that, Jesus. I receive it. And get in touch with us, we'd like to help you in your journey of faith. We help you grow in your walk with the God with the Lord. Lord, I, I thank you for your presence here today. I know Lord today is a day of celebration and Hosanna, hallelujah. It's also a day, Lord, when we need to come to grips with who we are, are we the people who are shouting? Hosanna, hallelujah. And then later on, shouting, crucify him, crucify him. Are we those kind of people? Or are we the ones Lord, who are saying, we need you now, Lord. We need you, we need you. We want to walk with you. We want to talk with you. We want to be in relationship with you. I pray that we're those people, Lord. Yes. Come save now, Lord. Come save now, Lord, in the highest heaven. Hosanna in the highest. That's our prayer. Lord, bless the people of God as they go out. As they leave these doors, they're entering their mission field. And Lord, go with them. Guide them. Just like what you want to do as you walk with them. As you walk with us, Lord. we Thank you for that. Thank you for your beautiful spirit, comfort, and your blessing resting on us as we go you don't leave us alone you don't leave us comfortless you're with us all the way thank you for that lord we receive your blessing in jesus name as people said amen amen Amen. folks you know as always we want to invite you to come to the to the front here if you have a prayer need and uh, we'd love to pray for you but don't you don't necessarily just have to come up here you can just reach over to a brother or sister as well, and just say, "You know, I just need—I need your prayer for the week. Uh, would you help me with? Would you help me pray about that?" Okay. So let's be the community of God, and uh, just interact with each other, and uh, share our 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 joys and our and our burdens with one another. And if you've come here for a word, with a word for somebody, as the Spirit breathe that into your Into your heart? It's just a thought that just dropped into my heart. If that's you, if you came here and you have a word for somebody, make sure that that person does not get out without you sharing that word with them. Okay. You have a word now? You're talking, but nobody hears you, Dad. Sorry. Okay. it's on.
0: Uh, I kept getting a picture of a river and somebody standing on the bank and really kind of hesitating as to whether they'd jump in or not. <laughs> and I had a feeling it had something to do with baptism mm-hmm. and that somebody's been kind of standing there thinking, gee, maybe, maybe I should do that. And I just kind of felt like the Lord wants to kind of just shove you into the water. <laughs> so, yeah. That's.
2: Well, wow, that's, that's really amazing because today, just before the service started, somebody came to me and said, I'm interested in getting baptized. I like to get baptized. So, so we'll see where that goes, eh? God, thanks for that word. Hey, everybody, goodbye. And, uh, and don't forget to give each other a wet willy uh, as you're leaving the door or or a little nudge, whatever, okay? God bless you. Have a Jesus-filled day.